Father, we thank you, Lord, for the anointing in this house. We thank you, Lord, that there be a sense of freedom here this morning as we feed on your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Why don't we also show appreciation for our wonderful to a time of the word, and we're continuing, we're blessed with our friend of the house, Ben Naitenko, uh, who actually taught on um, prayer last week, and so the week before, we can um, maybe pop those slides up, AV team, thank you. We've got a series at the moment, we're going to continue called Building Strong. Everyone say Building Strong. And so on the first Sunday of October, um, I want to remind you of a particular scripture um, that we started with, and interestingly, um, even though I didn't talk with uh, Ben specifically about, you know, I didn't say what I wanted him to speak on, I just kind of gave him the freedom to speak on what he wanted to speak on, it touched on this theme as well. So we want to start with this scripture in Acts 2, verse 42. If you've got your Bibles there, if you can turn them, but we've got it on the screen. The book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42, and the scripture here is talking about the early church. Everyone say early church. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And so we know here it talks about the apostles' doctrine. So we're talking there about teaching and the word of God. Um, We're also talking about fellowship. Everyone say fellowship. And so the first uh, part of this we talked about, you know, in the early church, they put a lot of emphasis on certain principles focuses, disciplines to help to build strong, for the early church to, to start in a strong way. And one of those first things that we talked about was uh, fellowship, continuing steadfastly in fellowship. Last week, we were talking about prayer and the importance of positioning yourself for prayer. But today, I want to particularly talk about breaking bread. Now, next Sunday, we're going to be blessed with Pastor Sarah. Uh, bringing uh, a word. Who loves Pastor Sarah? Uh, Pastor Sarah will be preaching at least once a month moving forward at Forever House. Hallelujah. We are in the season of breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. That's an answer to my prayer nine years ago. Woo! Uh, it's awesome. But uh, so we've, we've kind of felt now, I want to do a little bit of a recap. Um, I want to talk about this next scripture first. If we can go to the next slide. And this is a scripture that, which is a Hebrew scripture, Hebrews 10.25. We didn't mention this in part one, but I want to highlight something because when we're talking about fellowship, we're going to, again, remind you of the definition that we went into on the, you know, two weeks ago. But in Hebrews 10.25, it says, let us not neglect, everyone say not, let us not neglect meeting together as some have made a habit, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. And so in here, it encourages us to, to not uh, neglect the discipline of meeting together. Now in this scripture, when you look at meeting together, it talks particularly about gathering together, coming together to worship the Lord particularly. Okay. And so I want to first talk about, that when we go back to the definition of fellowship, which we kind of challenge people's natural definition of fellowship. A lot of times people think fellowship is just having a relationship with other believers and hanging out and spending time. It is that. But when they get that 
get there in a minute. But in a moment, I want to expand a little bit on the, the definition of fellowship by encouraging you to understand that you know there is a discipline, there are principles where the early church was built strong because people were committed to doing the things that the Word of God was asking them to do. And so when we have a look at this definition of fellowship, just to remind you from the first part, if we could go to the actual definition there. Thank you for that slide. Thank you, Johnson. We looked at what fellowship actually is. When you look at the word fellowship in the New Testament, in the Greek, it actually means a lot more than just hanging out or building a relationship. The usage of the word fellowship for most believers speaks of a gathering for the purpose of relationship building. Everyone say gathering. Everyone say relationship building. So before in Hebrews that we just looked at, it says don't fall into the habit of not gathering. Okay? Don't fall into the habit of not gathering as some people have. So watch this. In the early church, who knows that when Jesus ascended into a heaven and then the Holy Spirit was released, that Jesus, because he died on the cross, uh, and he died on the cross so that the church could be birthed, so that we could come into the new covenant, which was grace, that it was faith not by works, okay, but it was faith in Jesus Christ. And because of that, then we could freely, not because we were perfect, but we could freely be uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit to have the, the gifts, the power, to be actually the extension of who Jesus was, to become the body of Christ on the earth, so that his miracle-working power, his, uh, his building power for the, for, the, for the church to grow could actually move through us. Who here believes that Jesus would have been interested to make sure that the start of that church that he worked so hard on the cross to die for so that we could all be... Who thinks the start of the church would have been important, that Jesus would have wanted to start strong? Wave at me if you believe that. Okay, He would have wanted it to start strong. Who believes that he wants the church to continue to build strong? Okay, so we know that we can get some cues and clues from how do we build the body of Christ strong? How do we build this thing called the, the church strong? How do we build ourselves spiritually strong by being members of the body of Christ by looking at these cues and clues in the New Testament? So we know that in uh, Hebrews it said, don't fall into the habit of not gathering together. So some people obviously did fall into the habit of not gathering together in the early church. And so the teachers were saying, hey, don't do that. It's important we keep coming together. We keep worshipping together. We keep communing together. Uh, and we do that routinely. We do that uh, specifically. We do that uh, habitually. We don't kind of just do it every now and then when we kind of feel like it. No, we do it because we are driven with a purpose that the Bible says that we need to do it. It's important. It's spiritually powerful. And who knows that we need to be principle-led, not feelings-led. Is there anyone here who wants to be biblically aligned? You want to be aligned to the Word of God? Yeah. Let me reverse that question. Is there anyone here who would like to not be aligned to the Word of God? <laughs> All right. So, what is uh, fellowship, right? So, a lot of times we think fellowship is just, you know, hanging out with other believers. There's a part of that. But interestingly, the Greek definition goes a lot deeper. Everyone say deeper. The word literally in the Greek means partnership and participation. So when the Bible declares that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, it actually means that they partnered and participated with the spiritual leaders to build the church. So fellowship doesn't just mean hanging out when we feel like it. It actually means that we partner. Everyone say partner. And we participate. Everyone say participate. To help to build 
the body of Christ. Because sometimes I think it's convenient that we can split fellowship out into very convenient definitions. Oh, you know, I'm to hang out with other believers to grow spiritually, but I don't want to do the whole partnership participation thing. Because that might require a little bit of sacrifice. That might require a little bit of discipline. Whereas if I just put it under, I'm just hanging out with other believers, that sounds relaxing. That sounds comfortable. That sounds nice. But partnering and participating, that sounds a little bit like commitment. That sounds a little bit like, oh, I have to actually honor my word and follow up on things and be disciplined. And that doesn't sound like much fun to me. It doesn't sound like fun to you, it doesn't sound like fun to me. But who knows that our spiritual walk isn't always called to be on the road of fun, right? That's what we call it, discipleship. And so we want to bring biblical alignment to the truth, right, that fellowship is partnering and participating, not just hanging out when we feel like it with other believers. And so we covered this on the first week, and I wanted to bring a reminder to, you know, we, we talked about what does it mean to partner. We talked about a partnership mindset. We, we said, what does it mean to participate? And so that's what we covered in week one. And so today I want to build on that, and I want to talk about the fact that if we go back to that original scripture, can we go back to that second slide or that first slide, that scripture in Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly, Remember, continued steadfastly. Continue and steadfastly means with intent, with purpose, uh, with a sense of you know determination. They continued steadfastly in these things, in the apostles' doctrine, to position themselves under good teaching and fellowship. Okay, not just hanging out, but partnership and participation, working with their spiritual leaders to grow uh, the spiritual community called the body of Christ, their local church. Also in the breaking of bread, everyone say breaking of bread. Breaking of bread. And prayers. And so today I want to hone in on the breaking of bread. Because the breaking of bread is a key connection point. Everyone say connection point. See, what we're saying here is that for us to build the body of Christ strong, for us to build a local church strong, we want to be biblically aligned to the truth that we have to be steadfastly or continuing steadfastly, fellowship, participating, and partnering, but also the breaking of bread, because they're what we call healthy spiritual connection points. And so we want to talk about this today. For every person within a local church, there are connection points that we want to understand so we are biblically aligned. While there are many things that may attract someone to a church, they must make a connection or have connection points for them to be planted, for them to stay there so they can grow spiritually. The more places someone can connect, the more likely they're going to remain as a part of the local church body and go through discipleship and grow. We talked about the difference when we started in week one. There's a difference between actually uh, following Jesus or kind of more being like a, a, a fan of Jesus as opposed to being a disciple of Jesus, right? Actually, I think to bring more correction there what I said, I think we talked about being a believer. I think because when you follow Jesus, you are actually a disciple being led by the Lord, you're okay to be disciplined by the Lord. So we talked about that there's a difference here, over this side of the auditorium, we talked about being a believer in Jesus. It's one thing to believe in Jesus, to have faith in Jesus, to be inspired by what Jesus has done for you, to be excited by hearing the word of God, to be touched when the Holy Spirit moves. That's great. You can be a believer in Jesus, but it's another thing to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. 
And I think sometimes we can water down the discipleship journey if we get lost in thinking that it's just, I'm just destined just to be a believer in Jesus. There's a whole lot more that you bring to the table when you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Put up your hand if you believe that today. Yeah. Awesome. If you didn't put up your hand, that's okay. We're going to pray for the anointing to impact you as the word is ministered. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so we talked about fellowship as a part of partnership and uh, participation. Now the breaking of bread. And so I want to, in a moment, look at a couple of thoughts. Before we do that, um, I want you to think about in the book of Luke, they actually talk about the early church and there were opportunities where they broke bread together. There are several verses uh, in Luke uh, where it says that something significant about that act, right? So when we think about breaking bread, there was always a significant emphasis put in the book of Luke when, when, the, when the disciples came together and they broke bread together. There was a, an atmosphere of engagement. There was a sense of greater connection and community that was established because they took time out to break bread. And I want you to think about, well, let me tell you a little bit about uh, my journey with Sarah and I, because I think a lot of times in learning the principles of breaking bread, so today we are going to talk about building relationship with with people and the principles of you know breaking bread at times with people, making sure that we get beyond just surface level conversations and connection, we get to know people. Can I just say last Sunday our team put on a great connection event? It was a shared lunch, a picnic in the park at a Calumbale, and it was great. I mean, we were there until four o'clock in the afternoon. There are some people in our church where I've had you know kind of chats with you, but I got to know. I mean, where's my brother Maurice? Maurice, okay. Do you know that we have an on fire, spicy soccer playing Colombian in our house? This guy, can I tell you, we were playing soccer, we were first doing touch footy. I'm still walking like I've been on a horse camp a week, right? Because I got in there, it was great, but we did touch footy, and then um, Adam brought out the, the soccer ball and we transitioned to soccer. But Maurice, he can, when he falls, can he fall? On the I mean, it's two hands out, tumbles, right, gets up, he has to do the whole, you know, it's a spicy fall that you have, that Colombian DNA, and I praise the Lord that you're in our church, I love that spiciness, that's awesome, so if ever anyone falls in the spirit, can you run forward, right, and just maybe do that one of those soccer slides, and just save them, okay brother, but I got to chat with Maurice, so we got talking, eating some good food together, and I got insight into what his marketplace goals are. I got insight to where he is right now, what he's believing for. I got insight into his journey and wanting to cement his life in Australia, that he feels so blessed here, what he studied. And it led to a conversation where I just thought, hey, the Holy Spirit, watch this. At the event, the Holy Spirit said to me, go and connect with Brother Maurice. And so I went, over. Hey, we got talking. I just felt prompted, Lord, so go and connect. Build a relationship, have a conversation. And we got talking, and he starts telling me all these things that he's doing in the marketplace. And, and I know people, I've got friends in the marketplace that are kind of looking. He, he's really wanting to break through from a casual kind of contract job into a full time marketplace job, right? This is kind of what is it okay that I'm sharing that? I won't share all the details, but right, I'm sharing that. And so I'm just like sitting there going, man, I know people that would love. What you do, your marketplace gifting. Hey, brother, why don't you, can you send me through your resume? And I'll have a look over and I can start to talk to people. And so he, he worked on it and he sent me through his resume and I'm starting to kind of put the, the feelers out there. And this is where God can practically bless.
bless us as a community when we go beyond just the surface level conversations of say, how was your week, which is okay as a starting point, but who knows that we want more greater depth of relationship. And what happens is, is that when we commit, when we actually engage with these opportunities that our amazing church team create, like a shared picnic in the park, it creates an atmosphere spiritually which is aligned to the Bible, where we're breaking food, right? It starts to get us more into that sense of familiarity. I'm eating with you, brother. I'm eating with you, sister. It says, yeah, that creates that sense of family. And the conversation naturally goes deeper. And then opportunities open up and community starts to flourish and a sense of connection becomes more grounded. And this is where people can get more planted in the, in the body of Christ, where because of those connections, it's like, hey, I'm encouraged to come along again because the more that I connect, the more that I converse, the more that I chat, the more that I open up about what my life is, is like and what the Lord's doing in my life and what your life is like and what you're believing for, we can actually start to cross-pollinate across our hearts and our minds and the Lord starts to strengthen and knit in our relationships. And then the Lord can bring the blessing that he says, when unity is strengthened, I will command a blessing. And so I'm now actively you know, praying for and thinking, okay, how can I help Maurice to get more of a permanent focused role here, which will bless him with his long-term goals of cementing a life in Australia? All from the fact that he and I decided to go, oh, my God, along to that shared lunch in Camembert after the, the church picnic, after the church things. You hearing what I'm saying? You know, last Thursday we had Connect Night, right? And I heard the great spontaneous worship again where if you haven't been on one of our Connect Nights yet, can I encourage you to come and check it out? It's so different to a regular Sunday service. We're setting this up as a living room with uh, couches and, and, and rugs and, and, um, and bean bags and the worship team are not on the stage. They're down here. It's a more intimate setting. My brother Matt wasn't on the drums. He was on the instrument that I always forget how to pronounce. Where's my brother Matt? What's it called, brother Matt? Like a doesn't that sound sophisticated? It sounds like he's from France. Um, and while I was playing it, I was eating my croissant. <laughs> right? But, you know, I, I, unfortunately, I wasn't here. I was flying back from Melbourne that night. I missed it. We had Brother Solomon doing some great teaching on partnerships, four different angles around how the Lord wants to teach us, how to strengthen our ability to build partnerships so our life flourishes. We had our music team bringing prophetic worship. We had a time where we broke out from the teaching and we got together in small groups and shared with each other around what we got from the word. We prayed for each other's needs. And then we picked out on dessert, I think, or something in the cafe. I mean, good connection, a sense of breaking bread, a sense of fellowship, a sense of, you know, let's open up our lives together. Like a flower that's kind of, you know, closed off a little bit from the sunlight. But if the flower opens up, then the goodness of the pollen that's in the middle of the flower can then be blown by the wind and start to cross-pollinate with the other flowers or the other plants that it's connected with. Can I say the same is true? When you position yourself in opportunities to connect, to build connection points spiritually, it's so biblically uh, aligned that you know, God's saying connect with other brothers, connect with sisters, go beyond just superficial chit-chat to actually sitting down, breaking bread, getting together, breaking the word up together, discussing your life, discussing their life. And what happens is your, your life spirit in those moments, like with Maurice and I, opens up the flower, opens up the pollen, the goodness of what God's wanting to do in your life, starts to actually hit their life, it hits back in your life, and there starts to be a cross-pollination where fruitfulness can come in our relationships as God's wanting to build a fruitful community. Let's give God some praise. What he's doing. You know, I just hear the Lord wants to minister to some people corporately. 
you want to just close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Actually, I'm going to ask Sophia just to come if she's in the auditorium, just, you know, that beautiful music behind. And I hear the Lord saying that maybe you're here today, and even as I, as the Lord was bringing just that revelation out of that first point, maybe in this passage you've been a little bit weary or tired of breaking bread with other believers. Maybe the idea of going to a shared lunch after a church service, maybe it's the idea of going to church to even want to go to the church thing afterwards. Maybe there's been tiredness, weariness, apathy, coming along to a connect night, going to a go-karting men's social, going to a women's dessert night at Marcy's house to get pampered. Maybe all that stuff recently that you know that you potentially could have gone along to felt a little bit like, yeah. Maybe you've lost the revelation recently that the Lord actually wants to bless you. He wants to benefit you in those moments. Maybe you've had some recent disappointment to do with fellowship. When you've gone to break bread and you thought, oh, I don't want to get much out of that. And I hear the Lord saying this. Understand the kingdom is always a two-way street. It's always a river that flows in and out. And I hear the Lord saying, never just position those moments of connection as just what you will receive. But always be reminded that you have something in you. Maybe it's a word of encouragement. Maybe it's some advice. Maybe it's some experience. Maybe it's a contact in the marketplace. It's that the Lord's deposited in you that if you would position yourself in that time of connection, that you could be a blessing, that you could be an answer to their prayer. And I hear the Lord say, if you've been disappointed, disappointed, if you've felt tired, weary in making time to fellowship, to connect, to break bread with other believers, I hear the Lord saying, He's releasing just a fresh wind of strength, a refreshing wind in the Spirit. Lord, blow away the tide. away the heaviness. Lord, deliver us of relational, relational disappointment. Lord, you know where every single person is at. And you're our loving Father and you want us to be free to experience the benefits of what it is to be alive to live with your spirit flowing through us as members of the body of Christ. Lord, bring a restoration of joy, bring a restoration of fun. Lord, of people have felt that fellowshipping with other believers has been heavy, it's been hard work. Lord, remind them that if we spend time with you,
Lord, we have your oil. And it brings an overflow. It brings a, a long-term joy. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to come out of isolation. Jesus, help us. Help us to come out of hibernation. Help us to come out of relational winter and into a springtime, a summertime. to all the hearts of your people today. Love on us, God. We need you. We need your fresh wind, Holy Spirit. To lighten our load. To remove any of the baggage. doing in your heart right now. Just not let him know if you appreciate what he's doing. Just privately in your heart. Let him know. God, thank you for moving. God, thank you for talking with me. For helping me to reset today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said. And so, you know, as when we think about, you know, Sarah and I, when we started, we, we first started courting and then we started dating. <laughs> then we got engaged, and then we got married. And can I tell you, you know, before we were courting, I mean, I knew you, Sarah, you knew me, right? I admired you, you didn't necessarily admire me. distance <laughs> on the other side of the church building. We met uh, in our old church where we were raised up in. And, you know, I think about the first time we started, you know, courting, we went beyond just surface, surface level chit chat, and there was an event on at our church called Twenty Four Seven, where the church was open for twenty four seven, and we all had a massive roster for a prayer. And so, we well, I strategically made sure I was roster on the same time that Sarah was. And I remember it was like three a.m. in the morning. You know, there was supervision in the building. There were other elders there. But I remember at the cafe of the church, we just come out of the auditorium time of prayer, and we were both sitting up on the cafe bench, which is probably something we weren't allowed to do, right? Uh, but we're sitting there, we're just, you know, talking, and we're laughing, and we're getting to know one another, and then that led to more conversations, and, and then that led to us, you know, starting to to date. And I remember the very first, you know, you know, when people date, usually that leads to marriage. There's usually a starting point where they go out, and they have dinner together, right? They break bread, so to speak, right? So what am I doing intentionally? I'm, I'm showing you how... The principles of romantic relationships developing um, are very similar to sometimes the importance of just how we can spiritually go beyond surface level conversations. But the natural thing is, a lot of, a lot of times, let's be honest, the motivation to want to develop a romantic relationship usually is a lot stronger sometimes than the motivation to want to develop relationships with other church people in your churches for spiritual fellowship. Are you hearing what I'm saying, brothers and sisters? Let's be honest, right? 
And so sometimes we do lack the motivation to build relationship, deeper relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ because we maybe we don't see that there's as good of a benefit there will be compared to actually building relationship with someone who potentially we can date and then marry. Let's just be honest, right? And so I think what the Lord's wanting to do is to say, hey, let's awaken that there is benefit spiritually in, in developing good relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ. But, you know, I remember we started, you know, the very first date was in Palimba, and we have a heart for Palimba still. We love going there, our girls love Palimba, but we it's no longer the Thai restaurant, but it was, and I think it's now the Japanese sushi restaurant, but we had Thai food together. I even remember thinking, this is a bit spicy, and I was worried that it was too spicy for Sarah, and she, and she was like sweating and drinking lots of water, do you remember that? And I even remember we went to the movie afterwards. I can't remember the movie, but I remember the cinema and it had like the Charlie Chaplin, Chaplin face in that old school um, Belimba cinema. And, and I, I was then driving my old um, Sigma, my Mitsubishi Sigma that was like a blue. I didn't have a car at all. That's why. That's why you picked me up because I had no car. <laughs> Sarah had the car. Right? Eventually, that's right. Eventually, I got my Mitsubishi Sigma station wagon. That was hilarious. Yeah, you had a purple Ford Festiva. And I was like, man, I'm so blessed. I got picked up by the Ford Festiva, and then I ended up crashing that. Um, not that night, and then having to, you know, really eyeball Greg and Julie. I'm very sorry. Anyway, that's a whole other sermon, right? That's a whole sermon about forgiveness and taking responsibility when you make mistakes. But the point is, is that you start to get to know one another. You start to get a feeling beyond the surface level. You know, what are you into and, and where, where, what's your life and what are your values and what are your goals? And, and we know that relationships start to blossom by having dinner together and breaking bread together because it builds a sense of family, a sense of connection, a sense of familiarity where the walls start to, you know, the, the walls of, you know, isolation or the walls of kind of not really connecting start to come tumbling down. And so... It's important for us to understand these principles because my question and my challenge to you today is what are you doing about sowing those principles in your life right now spiritually, right? Uh, you know, there's opportunity for us to build connection. Maybe there are some people here in this house where God wants to develop strong friendship they, you know, and, and an ability for us to do life together, but we might be missing out because... We're kind of just isolating ourselves from building and connecting deeply into the body of Christ. And so I want to encourage you to maybe think about that. If we can have a look at this next slide, I want you to look at this. The early church built relationships with one another. They were not islands to themselves. So we've got that slide there. The early church built relationships with one another. It's a big paragraph there. Uh, they were not islands to themselves. They fellowship with each other, commune with each other, and built strong relationships. They were not those who just showed up during services, did their ministry gig. We've got that slide there, Sam. Thank you. The early church built relationships with one another. They were not islands themselves. Think about that. I want you to really think about that. They weren't islands themselves. They fellowship with each other, commune with each other, and build strong relationships. This is the next bit. They were not those who just showed up during services, did their ministry gig. So watch this. The ministry gig bit is the part we were talking about two Sundays ago. That fellowship isn't just hanging out. It's more than that. It's partnership participation, right? So it's about getting involved, helping out, getting onto a team, you know, 
actually becoming a team member of the body of Christ, the local church, to actually take up your gifts and your time to, to actually help to, to build what God's building. But even beyond that, it's saying sometimes we can do that. Sometimes we can say, hey, I want to contribute. Hey, I do want to be on a team. So the challenge the first Sunday was, where are you at? See, biblically, it's saying the church is built on not just attending church, not just coming along every now and then, but because we can be believers of Jesus, but are we doing what the Bible says to become a disciple of Jesus? See, look at it this way. Don't look at it as Pastor Brad saying, where are you at? Look at it as the Holy Spirit asking you, where are you at? See, I'm just a vessel here this morning, bringing the word. There's no condemnation in Christ. This doesn't have to be had in message. But allow the word of God to converse with your heart. Allow the word of God to challenge you. Allow the word of God, allow Holy Spirit to get you to think about well, where are you at? Right? Because maybe, just maybe, your revelation is that you're called to be a believer of Jesus. But that's actually not enough. The Bible's saying that that's great, but then there's another thing which is becoming a discipleship, a disciple of Jesus. Getting knitted in to the church. And so the first thing is partnering and participating. Where are you at in partnering and participating with the body of Christ? Do you attend the body of Christ, but you're not yet partnering and participating? Then the Bible would say you're not yet close to that step of really being or becoming a disciple of Jesus. That's what the Bible is saying. Sometimes we get, we get a little bit sensitive, don't we? We get a little bit sensitive when the, the word can be presented in a little bit of a, oh, you mean I have to self-evaluate? Oh, 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 oh you mean I have to apply this to my life? Can't, can't, can't you just preach a word that says it ought to be blessed? Oh, come on, brother. Can't you just preach a word that just says the miracles are fluent? Do you have to preach a word that would actually cause me to actually ask questions of where I'm at? Would God really want that? Absolutely. Because that's the key to growth. That's actually the key to discipleship. Let me share a little quick story. I had a leader today who I was encouraging and they were trying to mentor a team member, um, someone who you know maybe uh, kind of wasn't honoring their words, so to speak. And so I really encouraged the leader, I said, there's a difference in biblical leadership between sympathy and empathy. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, sympathy is this. Sometimes in Christianity, we can water down biblical principles of what we think. You know, as a leader, when I play grace, I might say, look, I understand the situation. And so, because I understand, I'm going to allow you to abdicate from your responsibility. Everyone say sympathy. Do you know that that leader, if they were to do that, is not really loving them? Come on now. Because a lot of times we think discipleship is, we study the word of God together. That's discipleship. Well, it is. We pray together. That's discipleship. Well, it is. 
But in a moment where someone's struggling to break through in life habits, being organized, honoring their word, managing their time, brothers and sisters, friends, can I tell you, that is one of the most powerful moments of a discipleship opportunity. Where the leader in their life could say, hey, can I get around you and first of all say, I understand. It happens to the best of us. But I'm not going to leave the conversation there. I'm going to ask the question, what do you think you could do differently next time? See, that's a discipleship opportunity. Everyone say discipleship. But even sometimes in leadership, we can fall under this guise of, oh, but I have grace. Well, yeah, we're given grace, but also it's an opportunity for that person to grow. See, empathy is that, hey, I'm going to understand the situation because it happens to the best of us, but I don't want to allow you to abdicate from responsibility. I'm going to still create an understanding where, hey, what could you do differently next time? Or how would you approach it differently so that you get a different result? And encourage you to self-evaluate. Encourage you to actually think about what could I do? How could I mature? How could I grow? How could I find tune? How could I break through out of maybe a habit that's limiting my potential and actually make some changes? Who knows that Jesus himself was very good at that style of leadership? Come on out. He challenged people. right? In fact, sometimes he rebuked them. But many times he provided, he, he led with empathy, church. He didn't lead with sympathy. And the same is true when we disciple one another, so we need to lead with empathy. Have grace, have understanding, but where it's relevant, create that as a discipleship opportunity. Ask the question, hey, what do you think you could do differently? So when we think about, you know, they were not, <clears throat> so we're talking about your ministry gig is actually serving, participating, getting involved. Maybe that's a place where you and Holy Spirit need to have a conversation. Maybe there's a roadblock that's stopping you from going from attending church to actually participating and partnering, where when you start to participate and partner, that is a discipleship opportunity because you have to now do life with a team that has a common goal, where you're rostered together, you have to uh, step up and being organized, step up and taking ownership of the vision of the goal of your team. You have to bring a contribution. Can I tell you some of the greatest ways that I've been mentored and proved, improved in life to grow, to mature, to break through in practical areas of my life that now bring a blessing to my family is by being on a church team, serving on a church team, where I've allowed myself to go, you know what, I'm working together. I'm contributing, but also I know sometimes if I drop the ball and I hear a positive mentoring, hey, where are they improve? That helps me to step up. And then it blesses my marketplace life. It blesses my family life. It blesses, you know, when I go out of dysfunction into more function because I've allowed myself through humility to be discipled because I first said, yes, I'm going to partner and participate in helping to build the body of Christ. I'm not just going to attend. It creates a whole journey of growth. But here it's saying, in this point, they were not those who just showed up during services, did their ministry gig, and then failed to build relationships with others within the church. You know what I'm talking about? So, okay, if I illustrate this, you know, for example, when we come to church, maybe we're not on a roster this Sunday, which is, you know, cool, we're just receiving, awesome. And then the MC at the end says, great, so now the cafe's open. <laughs> <laughs> we don't go in the cafe's out the door, someone at the front door says, oh, you're not staying for coffee. No, sorry, now we know there's always something on, right? Sometimes we've got things on. 
That's happening every time. As in, there's some type of, no, I don't want anyone to talk to me. Oh, they're coming quick. Get out of here. That physically may not be evident on your body, but with your heart pounding going, then maybe you have to have a fresh, honest conversation with the Holy Spirit about Him inviting Him to work on something in your world that probably isn't quite aligned. So, what I'm trying to say here is if there's like a a need for you to escape, (laughs) I hope the service finishes. Maybe the Lord wants to deliver you from that. In Jesus' name. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so they were not just showed up during services, did their ministry gig, and they fell to build relationships with others with the church. They built strong interpersonal relationships. Now, look, we know this. Sometimes people have stuff, but we get that. Right? And no condemnation, we get that. But we're just trying to say, hey, so Holy Spirit today may be challenging you to think about. I need to make some more room here in my life to build relationship with other believers in my local church. So we go beyond just surface level chit chat. Because the Bible's saying these are connection points. Everyone said connection points. They're spiritual principles where, you know, the Bible says when you get planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish. Now watch this, like a tree, when your roots, if you're, if you look, think about a tree, when a tree goes down, its roots go down, one benefit is it receives the nutrients so it can grow. Let's say receives. But what we know about trees and plants is that through the process in science called photosynthesis, they breathe in carbon dioxide and they release oxygen. So watch this, you're not called just to be planted to receive spiritually, you're also called to be planted through getting good connections, building friendships, relationships, participating and partnering, right? Getting involved in prayer together, right? Well, these are the connection points, that the, you know, the getting under the teaching, getting encouraged about the teaching, coming to the house, getting encouraged about the teaching, making notes, dissecting the teaching, right? Participating, partnering, fellowshipping, breaking bread, getting into deeper relationships with people, making time to build connections, praying together, All of these things create connection points spiritually where your roots go deeper into the soil of the house, Lord, where you can now receive more and therefore flourish. But watch this. You're not just planted. God doesn't just want you planted in the body of Christ to receive, but also to release spiritual oxygen for others to breathe. Your planting in the house of God is a two-way benefit to the kingdom. It's yes for you to musician to, to receive good teaching, participating, partnering, we're getting this, I'm hammering this on purpose, okay? Breaking bread with people, praying together so you can receive, you can grow, but also so that the goodness of God that he's brewing on the inside of you, words of encouragement, revelation that you're getting, getting around other people, encouraging them, leading them, mentoring them, sowing words of life into them, praying for them, you can release oxygen that they can breathe in. So you're not there to just receive, you're there to be a blessing. And it's the two-way street that brings such a fulfillment long-term. There'll be moments of frustration. There'll be moments of disappointment. There'll be moments of 
sometimes heartache in your journey in the body of Christ. But long term, this is a marathon that Lord wants us to race, but to understand there are two benefits to the race. To receive and to be a blessing. And that's why the Lord's saying, do you not know that for your roots to take root, you need to process how are you going with these connection points? Because I'm not just speaking to new believers here today, but I'm speaking to people who maybe are a little bit overchurching. Well, you kind of, you're in the middle of your marathon and you feel like, man, I really need the second wind to kick in because I feel like giving. I feel like exiting out of the race prematurely. But the Lord is afresh saying, no, come on, maybe it's a time for you to intentionally ask the Lord to help you. If you're feeling tired or weary, ask the Lord to refresh you. Pastor Sarah and I have, you know, uh, shared about our journey recently on our own personal revival. Where we felt like we, we needed a second wind. And as we seek the Lord, it wasn't easy. It was tough. We had to get on our hands and knees like never before. We had to make time for the Lord to say, God, pour in a new wine. Give us new strength for the race that you've called us to run. And so as we do that, then something within us is now hungry and has a desire to freshly connect, to freshly partner, to freshly participate, to freshly break bread with people, to freshly pray with people. And we're feeling a rejuvenation in our own hearts and spirits because even as the senior pastors, we feel our roots have gone deeper and have been refreshed as well. So maybe you're in a season where the Lord's saying, hey, even if you're halfway through the marathon, where are your connection points at? What's the health of your connection points? How's your participation and partnering looking like? How's your breaking bread with other believers looking like? They build strong interpersonal relationships. Let's have a look at this last slide. For a church to be strong, it must have strong interpersonal relationships within that body. While there are many things that may attract someone to a local church, there must be a meaningful relationship developed for that individual to get connected. The first connection point is that of partnership and participation. That speaks of functioning in some area of ministry. The second, everyone say second. The second connection point is meaningful relationships, breaking of bread. So we're talking about, hey, can I say to you, not this Thursday, but the following Thursday, we have our next connect night, the last day of October. It's going to be an amazing time of worship and connection. I want to encourage you to come along because you'll, be, you'll benefit from the Lord is moving in our connection nights. I want to encourage you men, we've got a go-kart thing coming up on Saturday. Right. What better excuse to go and go-kart? Is because I'm building relationships yeah. in Christ. Amen. Right? Our, our, our women are doing different things once a month. I think we've got another one coming up you know, sometime in November. Right? So I want to encourage you to, in a fresh way, break bread with people. Take advantage of the opportunities that the Lord has created. I'm going to ask. Um, That was an exclamation mark. Why don't we just close our eyes? We're going to pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this word. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Lord, let it take root in our hearts. Father, encourage your people to have moments of bravery, to self-evaluate. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word does not return void. 
that your principles that have been outlined today through this word, Lord, of these connection points, Father, Lord, they're for our benefit. I thank you, God, Lord, that there are people here, Father, that you want to see them blessed, you want to see them positioned, you want to see them nurtured, you want to see them strengthened, you want to see them grow. Father, I thank you, Lord, Lord, that you help us, Lord, to be hungry to break bread with other people in this house. I thank you, Jesus, for doing the work, Father. Lord, bring alignment, Lord, like a great chiropractor. Bring alignment, Lord, where we've been out of alignment. Lord, help us through the word today being released into our hearts. Lord, bring fresh alignment, Lord, and help us, God, to be motivated, Lord, to make time for these connection points in your house, Father. So, Lord, that our roots are refreshed, that we're positioned to receive, but we're also positioned to be a blessing. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise. Well, thank you, Pastor Bray. That was amazing. And um, if I may take a moment to say uh, a big amen to that, because recently, um, you know, I was coming out of a hard season, and most of you will know that naturally I'm a pretty social sort of a guy, and I like talking a lot. And so, um, but I found myself like withdrawing from social situations and even and even stuff at church, you know, um, you know, trying to volunteer as little as I could get away with and all of that, and really withdrawing. But um, sort of as I processed the the really difficult season I was in, I, I came to the point where it's like, okay, I, I feel myself wilting, and I need to actually, you know, challenge myself to get back out there socially and, and also involved with the church. And, and so I did that. It wasn't wasn't feeling especially like I wanted to do it, but I knew it was necessary. And so I, I said to God, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take these steps back into you know into connection." And I also asked Him, "Would you bring new connections? Would you bring new friendships that I can sow into as well as receive from?" And, and over the next 48 hours from when I said that, my phone lit up. There was invitations. There were people saying, "Hey, man, I'm having this challenge and that challenge. Can we just catch up? Can you come for dinner?" I started inviting myself to people's places for dinner. And, um, and you know what? Um, it really opened my world up to understanding that the challenge I had been through, it, it still existed, but it wasn't the dominant force in my world. And so going out and, and, and connecting with people and being able to share and having people share with me, you know, just breathe new life into, into my whole life. And so I think that message is really powerful. And if we can you know, activating our own lives, start inviting yourself to people, you know, to coffee with people, or challenge yourself. If it doesn't come easily to you, that's okay. You know, just one step at a time. So, yeah. Uh, thank you, Pastor Brad. Okay. Um, you know what we love at Forever House is new people. So if you're here for the first time, why don't you raise your hand and show us where we welcome the new people. I encourage you to raise your hand, keep your hand raised, and our team will bring you a couple of cards. The first one is a prayer request card. That's the purple one. Okay, so we believe in the power of prayer here, the prayer of a house. And um, you can write on the back and just tell us what you need prayer for. And our prayer team will put time aside this week to pray for your specific needs. Also, if you come here all the time, you can use these purple ones. 
So make sure you grab one of them off the team or off the table at the back. The second card is this handshake card. This is us introducing ourselves to you, and we want to get to know you as well. So if you want to throw some details on that, our team will be in touch with you and let you know what's going on in the life of Forever House, and we can keep in touch with you and see how we can best serve you. So welcome to Forever House. Um, I would also like to welcome up Leroy. Hello family. I've got a joke for you. A kid at a church put his clip-on tie into the offering plate. When they asked him why he did it, he said that the the preacher said tithes and offerings. <laughs> so, so what's the moral of the story? His heart was in the right place. Okay? Cool. Okay, we've got our scripture. Our scripture I'm reading from would be Mark. Or, and it talks about the uh, mighty mustard seed. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable can we use to describe it? You guys can join in with me. It's like a mustard seed that when sown upon soil is the smallest of all the seeds on the ground. And when sown, it comes up and grows taller than all the garden plants and produces large branches or branches. So that the birds of the sky can nest in our shade. This is this is um woman, 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 woman. Um, so we're talking about tithing here. Um, tithing to me is simply giving to God. Um, tithing is an act of worship. Um, tithing or giving is a lifestyle. It's not a a procedure to follow. Um, now, I used to clean the church here. Um, God spoke to me one day and said, I want you to use it as a tool. And so I picked up my four nieces. You might know them. They're um, uh, Harmony, Aaliyah, Haley, and Hope. So they, they usually come up. They haven't come today, but um, yeah. And so we, we got paid to do this. Now, I also had requirements. So the requirements that I had was I had to um, talk to their parents, obviously, to make sure that it was okay with them, to present um, what was a good thing. I also had a requirement that if they couldn't clean their own room, that they couldn't come and help clean the church. Um, I also had another requirement that they had to give 10% to God. So it's a way of teaching tithing. Um, another requirement was they had to give 10% to the house that they stayed in. Um, so that's a way to provide for their own home. And another requirement was they had to give 10% for their future. They had to save 10% for their future um, to help them further themselves. And 70% was the, was the best part, but that was for them. Okay, under the um, a wise counsel of mum and dad. So we did that. We, um, we, 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 cleaned, we cleaned the church. I, I also had a requirement that the, the one who worked the hardest got paid the money. I believe that that's fair. Performance-based contracts. So, what this um, scripture talks about is seeds. Everything started, that mustard tree, the, 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 
muddy mustard tree started from the mustard seed. And so these are the seeds that, that um, I learned in this house and that I taught. I learned how to tithe through this house under the teaching of uh, many of you guys and, and my um, pastors. Um, so I used the opportunity to on-teach what I had learned. Um, and it's... The... Um, that was my illustration, but the the action that I would love to leave with you guys is what seeds are we planting? So what are we using? Are we using God's word and we're outworking it in, in, in other scopes of life and other um, uh, groups of people that we um, are familiar with? What have you been given? So we've got to actually look at what we've been given. We've got to actually take stock of what we have to give to God. using this as an example of sometimes we'll be given a lot more than what we think. We don't actually know what we're given unless we actually look at it. And then we've got we've actually we're actually quite rich. Rich there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have work based on their skill sets. Because tithing is not all about money, you understand? Tithing is about the time which I forget to yesterday. And it's real great. Tithing is about us uh, you know, giving time for fellowship. There's there's doing stuff out there, there's connecting with people is um, going over and above to make that connection secure, um, showing people that you love them, that you care, and, that, and it also prepares you for later on life with Pastor Brad also shared. So it's, um, it's, it's a great thing. Um, giving is a lifestyle. And as a mature Christian, it's, it's, it's important to give. You don't see it as a burden, you see it as a blessing. And like a mustard seed, and like a tree that Pastor Brad talked about, it was, it's about a tree that grows strong, which is us and all of you guys, even the children, children are good soil for planting, or sowing into. And it's also, that, that tree when it grows up, it provides a shade, so there's a twofold blessing there. But you've got to, you've got to see that the tree is a lot like us in our, our spiritual growth when we come through seasons. You can, you can tell how old a tree is by the rings on it, on a tree. So, um, yeah, and there, there's seasons that you come through, but yeah. Um, you've got to be out, out working. What is pouring into each one of you? What you got to be pouring into someone in order for the flow to continue. It should never stop with us. So I just want to leave that with you guys. You guys have been an awesome congregation. I'll hand you back to the church. Thank you. The team was going to um, gather that. The uh,